Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes, but every day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's word and thereby helping us to stay strong and grow stronger in our faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God. But it also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God, upon our soul's salvation, our spiritual lives, and also equips us to be better able to deal with life every day because life throws a lot at us. Well, help people in your life change their lives for the better. Help them become more faithful to God by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody grow in their faith. You may help somebody get to heaven. A great blessing for them, but also for you. So start sharing today with everybody you can. We're going to continue, and we're getting toward the end of our focus on pride as a heart problem, a trouble trouble of the heart. Well, we've talked about heart troubles. We've looked at several different applications of heart troubles of various kinds, hatred, laziness, gossip, worry, unforgiveness. And in this one, we're focusing on pride and particularly ungodly pride, pride that is such that it draws attention to myself. We might call it arrogance. We might call it haughtiness. We might call it conceit. And we've looked at haughtiness as being a synonym for ungodly pride elevating myself, bringing glory to myself, self-aggrandizement, self-glorification. Look at how great I am. Look at all my accomplishments, what I've achieved, what I've done. And let me tell you about them if you didn't know about them first, uh, in the first place. Well, instead of giving glory to God, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights, James 1 and verse 17. That includes our abilities our capabilities, and our opportunities for that are truly good. They're blessings from God. We need to recognize that, and we need to thank God and give him the glory for those blessings and glorify him through our using those blessings in godly ways and to glorify him. In fact, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. Well, we looked at haughtiness as a synonym for ungodly pride. We looked also uh, at arrogance as being another synonym for ungodly pride. You might be able to think of some others, but here's one more. Conceit conceit. Some people are just conceited. Again, it's basically a synonym for ungodly pride. They're calling attention to themselves. They're conceited about themselves. They need other people to see how good they are. It's closely tied to arrogant pride and haughtiness. Paul warned, let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Now we could call that again ungodly pride or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Philippians 2 and verse 3. Now you see, a person 
who exhibits ungodly pride, who is arrogant, who is haughty, who is conceited, they, they almost cannot bring themselves to elevate others above themselves, to try to put others up as being more in line for being praised and glorified than themselves because it's against their character. Part of the self-examination that we read about in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 28 and 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5 that a Christian is supposed to do on an ongoing basis should necessarily include guarding against allowing arrogant pride, haughtiness, and conceit to develop within his heart. Think about Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. You talk about a, a glaring example of a person who got caught up in arrogant pride? Under his rule, Babylon became a mighty empire, which God used to discipline Judah in her blatant unfaithfulness to God. Nebuchadnezzar, however, took the glory to himself for the might and power and majesty of his nation. Daniel chapter 4, verses 29 and 30. He exhibited such arrogance in spite of the fact that God had warned him in a dream that he would be disciplined for his pride and his failure to give God the glory. And yet he still, he still exhibited that arrogant self-pride, ungodly pride. Daniel 4, verses 1 through 27. Nebuchadnezzar, as a result, literally lost his mind for a time. He lived in the fields like a wild animal. And you ought to read the description. Daniel chapter 4, verses 31 through 33. His physical appearance, what it became. But then, after a period of time, he came to himself. And when he did, King Nebuchadnezzar praised and honored God and gave him the glory. He had learned his lesson. As a result, God restored him to his position as king of Babylon. Daniel chapter 4, verses 34 through 37. He no longer lived out of the field like a wild animal. How many people have suffered? Have suffered because of their ungodly pride, their arrogance, their haughtiness, their conceit? and yet have not brought themselves to let go of it, to correct their mindset, their heart? King Herod Agrippa provides another example, graphic example of the truth in the warning, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16 and verse 18. The people of Tyre and Sidon, cities of the Phoenician seaboard, depended upon Galilee, over which Herod ruled for a considerable portion of their food supply. They depended on the king. They depended upon Galilee. In some way, they had offended Herod. The scripture text does not bring that out as to exactly how that happened. But in order to get back into his good graces, they came before the king. And when he gave a speech, they praised him as follows. They said, the voice of a God and not of a man. Now, what Herod should have done then, and Herod was a believer in God, 
Herod should have corrected them immediately and said, no, I'm just a man. God is the glory, and he is the only God. But instead, Herod, in his arrogance, in his self-conceit, he accepted the praise instead of giving God the glory. And the text says that immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. Acts chapter 12, verses 20 through 23. Pride was certainly a driving motive in Satan's attempt to usurp God's throne. 1 Timothy 3 and verse 6. Revelation 12, verses 7 through 9. The examples of ungodly pride given in Scripture, as we've seen, are numerous. Suffice it to say that one who would have his heart right with God must not fall into the pitfall of pride, ungodly pride. Well, we've looked at Scripture text after Scripture text after Scripture text that talked about godly pride, And at the same time, we looked at numerous, I don't remember how many even, scripture texts that condemned ungodly pride. And sometimes through the words haughtiness, arrogance, conceit. Now, as we conclude our study, how can we overcome ungodly pride? How can we overcome ungodly pride? God does not leave us defenseless against this powerful temptation from the adversary, the devil. And he is our adversary. He is our enemy. He's one who is against us. He's trying to bring us down, bring us ultimately to eternal condemnation in hell with him. And he's described as an adversary, our adversary, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. But God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able, but will always make the way of escape. And the Apostle Paul says God will be faithful in this way. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. Rest assured, as Peter wrote in 2 Peter 2 and verse 9, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations, we can take great comfort and great encouragement in these two verses of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, 2 Peter 2 and verse 9. We don't have to fear the devil in that we think there's no way that we can overcome him. In fact, James wrote in James chapter 4 and verse 7, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Then he goes on in verse 8 and says, Come, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Now, that's how we first submit to God, and that's also how we second resist the devil. If we're walking with God in faithful obedience consistently, then there's no room for the devil in our lives. We don't, we don't give him a place. But if we put God out of our lives, either directly or simply by ignoring God, 
then the devil moves right in. And we're open to all kinds of sinful temptations and sinful responses on our part to the devil's influence in our lives that we've allowed him to have. Well, recognizing and being comforted and encouraged by those verses of Scripture that tell us that God will always there, always be with us. And we could look again at Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. He'll always be with us as long as we're always walking with him. He'll never leave us as long as we never leave him. What measures can we take to resist the devil and overcome ungodly pride? Well, we'll look at that as we conclude this study next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to stand strong against all of the wiles of the devil, to pull us down, to pull us away from you, to pull us into condemnation. Help us to never let him or never allow him to lead us into ungodly pride. Help us to stand strong against his temptations. Please, please, Father, forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.